Last time we spoke about dependent origination, but were unable to finish. So today we'll complete our discussion of Paticca Samukpa, or dependent origination, so that it will be of use to you, and you can take it with you and practice it correctly. Over across the highway, you have been studying dependent origination and practicing anapanasati. And the two things go together in a very important way. There are three most important facts about dependent origination which you need to understand. First of all, it is the heart of Buddhism. It's a matter which is at the heart of Buddhism. Second, Paticca Samupada is the genuine or the real Buddha who you ought to know. And third, dependent origination is something which you must understand and use and practice according to in your ordinary lives. These are three basic facts that need to be understood about dependent origination. We say that dependent origination is the heart of Buddhism because this is what the Buddha himself said. In one place he was asked what his teaching was and he replied, in the past, as well as now, I teach only dukkha and the quenching of dukkha. And this is exactly what dependent origination is. Depend the dependent origination of dukkha and the dependent quenching of dukkha. So, no matter, no matter whether in the past, now, or in the future, the only thing Buddhas teach our dukkha and the quenching of dukkha, which is exactly dependent origination. We waste a lot of time studying Buddhism, especially studying the Buddha's lifetime. We put a lot of time and effort into studying things which aren't really relevant to our own practice. And nowadays people study comparative religions and are busy studying and comparing all the things in religion that aren't really important, all the, the extra stuff. People are always spending more time asking why were we born or where were we born or what's going to happen after we die. And all of these irrelevant and practical questions are where people put their time and energy. Instead, we need to focus on just the heart of Buddhism or the heart of all spiritual understanding, which is nothing but dukkha and the quenching of dukkha. This is all that really matters. Everything else is just superfluous. You're reading these big fat books about, supposedly about Buddhism or about comparative religions, but in fact you're not reading about the actual religion themselves. There are these books about Buddhism in Tibet, Buddhism in Burma, Buddhism in Thailand. But this really doesn't have much to do with Buddhism. 
it just has a little bit to do with with the actual Buddhism and the rest is about the customs and the the culture and the the ceremonies of each particular country there's almost nothing that's about Buddhism itself if you want to study Buddhism just study dependent origination the matter of how dukkha arises and how dukkha quenches so to really know what Buddhism is about all you have to study is how does dukkha originate wherever there's dukkha look at it and see how it originates how dependent on various causes dukkha originates if you study this if you focus on this then you'll understand what <clears throat> Buddhism is really about so please from now on just study this don't waste your time studying all those superficial or ceremonial or unnecessary things that many people confuse to be Buddhism and especially all this business about incarnation and reincarnation don't waste your time on that stuff that's not what Buddhism is about if you study Bhatticca Samuppada it will teach you quite clearly that right now there is nothing that can be a self, a soul, an I, a mind or any of that so then where is there anything that's going to get reincarnated it's impossible there's nothing here now to be reincarnated and so there's no need to spend our time worrying about incarnation and reincarnation next we'd like to talk about the real Buddha excuse us for saying so and please don't take offense but Westerners have never shown any interest in the real Buddha they've never shown interest in the real Buddha of Dhamma language people in the West have only been interested in the personal Buddha the historical Buddha this is seems to be because in the West people don't understand the distinction between Dhamma language and people language and so they don't even realize that there's such a thing as the real Buddha of Dhamma language so now let's sh take some interest in the real Buddha instead of just <clears throat> being interested in the ordinary the personal Buddha one way that it will be easy for you to see the difference between Dhamma language and people language is if we talk about God most people know only about the personal God the anthropomorphic God who gets emotional and is conceived in very human terms this personal God or personal spirit or per the Holy Ghost or whatever that most people are familiar with is a result of when people can only consider God in personal terms however if one looks really deep into the matter of God one will meet God on the level of Dhamma language and then, da then God is the ultimate law of nature once we start to realize the ultimate law of nature 
we'll see that there's nothing personal about it. And this is to understand God on the level of Dhamma language. So this is an example of the difference between people language and Dhamma language. We hope you can see the difference. It seems that in the churches, they only talk about the personal God and that they even forbid people to talk about the impersonal God, the ultimate law of nature. This isn't going to help people very much to only talk on a childish level. And so it's necessary to, to start over and to put our emphasis on the impersonal God of Dhamma language. Next, we'd like to talk about the three kinds or, or types of Buddhas. The first kind of Buddha is the Dhamma Buddha, the Buddha of Dhamma language. This is the genuine Buddha. The second kind of Buddha is the Buddha that is spoken of in people language, the historical Buddha, the personal Buddha that is easily understood by most people. We can call this Buddha the human Buddha. And then the third kind is the, the representative Buddha. The representative Buddha is usually, is usually some material kind of Buddha, such as Buddha relics or Buddha images or Bodhi trees or stupas and chedis, some kind of material symbol or object that's meant to represent the Buddha is the third kind, the representative Buddha. So we have three kinds of Buddhas, the Dhamma Buddha, the human Buddha, and the representative Buddha. First, let's talk about the Dhamma Buddha. We've told you already how the Buddha said, he who sees dependent origination sees the Dhamma. Whoever sees the Dhamma sees dependent origination. And then the one who sees the Dhamma sees the Buddha. Whoever sees the Buddha sees the Dhamma. And so to see the Dhamma Buddha, to know the Dhamma Buddha, means to see dependent origination, by which we see the Dhamma and thereby see the Buddha. We will repeat over and over again and insist that the Buddha himself has said that whoever sees Paticca Samuppada sees the Dhamma. Whoever sees the Dhamma sees the Buddha. This is to see the Buddha that is Dhamma. There's nothing personal about this, this kind of Buddha. This Buddha is the same as the Dhamma, which is not a person, but is truth, is natural truth or natural law, the ultimate natural law. So this is what it is to see the real Buddha, to see the Dhamma Buddha. So whoever wants to find the Buddha or know about the Buddha, to really see the Buddha, we must study nothing other than dependent origination. And if we can meet dependent origination, experience it within ourselves, then we also find the Buddha within ourselves.
truth or natural law is not anything personal and therefore it's eternal. Something that is not personal is not caught in time, is not historical or personal. And so this is the Buddha that is never born. This Buddha never lived. This Buddha never died. There is no need for this Buddha to be enlightened or to enter Parinibbana because this is the Dhamma Buddha, is the Buddha that is eternal. It's the Buddha that we can say is omnipotent and omnipresent. This is the Buddha that we must know most of all, the eternal Buddha. And we'll say once again that the West has never been interested in this genuine Buddha or this eternal Buddha. The West has only been interested in the the personal Buddha, the historical Buddha, the limited Buddha. The real Buddha has no limits. The real Buddha is not caught within time and space and so forth, therefore has no limits such as the personal or historical Buddha. This is the Buddha that needs to be known most of all. Traditional Buddhists in China speak of the Amitayu Buddha. This is a Buddha who we should all know. This Amitayu Buddha means the Buddha or the, the Buddha of infinite age. The Amitayu means infinite age. There's also Amitabha Buddha, Buddha of infinite light. This is the, the Buddha that is the same as the natural law, the natural law that is, that cannot be, that has no limits, that cannot be expressed in words, the eternal Buddha. The Chinese Buddhists like to chant this Namo Amitayu, Namo Amitapa over and over again and believe that if they can say this 80,000 times that they'll be saved. How they understand this is something that we're not ourselves sure about. But if they really understand what they're saying, they really understand the meaning of Amitayu and Amitapa Buddha, then that is something very wonderful. So please be interested in this Buddha of infinite age and the Buddha of infinite life. This is the, the Buddha that is the same as the limitless law of nature. An old Chinese woman once came to us and said that she had recited Namo Amitabha Parmitapa 84,000 times. And, she, she, and so she said it was certain that when she died, a some carriage or something would come down from the sky and receive her to take her up to the Sukhawati or the Western Paradise. Now, we wondered at this time whether she, this old woman, understood the Buddha that was the same as dependent origination, the Buddha of 
natural truth or not. If she did understand Amit, Amitayu and Amitapa Buddhas in this way, then maybe she was really saved. But if all she understood was, was all she understood was some ceremony or some ritual which she had clung to and performed blindly, then this is just the representative Buddha. It's not even the personal or historical Buddha, let alone the, the Buddha of ultimate truth. So it's people know all kinds of Buddhas. The question is, which Buddha do we ourselves know? And is it the real Buddha, the Buddha that can really help us? We don't know how she, this old Chinese woman, knew, knew the Buddha. <clears throat> but if she, knew the, if she knew the Buddha, that's the same as Paticca Sumupada, the Buddha of, of ultimate natural law, then she would know that this Buddha is, that dependent origination is the incalculable, limitless light meaning knowledge and understanding that has no limit, which is utterly profound. And that this is the, the Buddha of incalculable, limitless age, the, the Buddha that we could never say was born or would die. Now, whether she understood Amitayu and Amitabha in this way is something we, we can't say but this is what we should be all interested in, knowing the Buddha that is the same as infinite, incalculable light and infinite, incalculable age. You can see what we're talking about in the tree over here. On the outside of the tree is the bark. There's the outer skin, of the tree and then on that there's the dried up scabby parts or which make up the bark. Then if you go inside the tree a little bit further you come to the the green wood of the tree, the 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 new growth of the tree. And which isn't of that much use to us. But then if you go in deeper you'll come to the the real strength of the tree the heartwood of the tree. The real Buddha, the Buddha we're talking about here, is like that heartwood of the tree. If you can understand the three layers of the tree, you can see you'll be able to understand these three levels of Buddha. So the, the Buddha that is the essence or the 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 gist, the pith, the nucleus or whatever of Buddhism <clears throat> is like the heartwood of that tree. Then if we come out a little close, it's the Buddha that's deep inside. If we come a little closer to the surface, then we have the personal Buddha. We don't really have to say much about the personal Buddha. You've probably read about him in books already. And if you haven't, there are plenty of books out there. 
to say where he was born and who his parents were and what he did when and where and all these historical details. <clears throat> and that's the personal Buddha or the human Buddha. Next, let's see how these two are interrelated. The Dhamma Buddha is what made an ordinary person into the human Buddha. The, the human Buddha is just a person who knows and understands the real Buddha. When any person has the Dhamma Buddha within them, by knowing the Dhamma, by knowing dependent origination, then that person becomes a human Buddha. So it's the Dhamma Buddha that of limitless light and limitless age that makes a person into the human Buddha. Without the Dhamma, without knowing the Dhamma, no person can be a Buddha. One is only becomes a Buddha through knowing the, the essence of Buddha, of, through knowing the Dhamma. If you read the various books about the life, the various lives of the Buddha, all these books about him, all you'll be able to know is the historical Buddha and maybe the legendary Buddha. So let's take a new approach and start to get interested in the, the Dhamma Buddha. These books about the life of the Buddha won't help us that much to know the Dhamma Buddha. And so we have to take a new approach to studying the Buddha if we are to know this Buddha of, that is the eternal natural law. And then if you, if you study this and understand it, then you'll understand how it is that Christ, Jesus Christ, is the personal God. Jesus Christ is the human person who has God within him. And so he's the personal God. And then you'll understand the real God, the true God that sent Christ here. And then you'll see the difference and you'll no longer be confused by the personal God and the ultimate God of Christianity. So please remember these two words, the Dhamma Buddha and the human or personal Buddha. The Dhamma Buddha is the one who caused, the Dhamma Buddha is the cause of the human Buddha. The human Buddha is the one who knows the Dhamma Buddha. Through knowing the Dhamma Buddha there arises the human Buddha. We need to study this Dhamma Buddha until we understand it thoroughly. This is what is the essence of our practice. And then we'll, only in this way will we really understand the human Buddha. You'll never know or be able to understand the human Buddha until you see what it is that that Buddha knew. And that's to know the Dhamma Buddha. The Dhamma Buddha <coughs> is eternal and is asankata, 
Asankata means uncompounded, unconditioned, uncreated. Whereas the personal Buddha, the human Buddha, is not eternal and is Sankata, is compounded, conditioned, is a Buddha that changed, that arose in time and space. Next, if we ask where, where are we going to find this true Buddha, the Dhamma Buddha, the answer would be that anywhere where there are things originating dependently, anywhere where things are originating, arising dependent on other things, this is where we can see the real Buddha because that is where we see dependent origination. However, if you look for dependent origination in things outside of us, we'll never know that directly. We'll only know the dependent origination that we can see and hear through our senses, and then we're probably just thinking about it. So it's most important to see dependent origination inside ourselves, to see how things originate conditionally based on various causes and conditions inside us. That is where we can see the, the true Dhamma Buddha, the Buddha that is the same as dependent origination. If you ask a scientist, they would tell you that all over the universe, in every atom, there is this, this activity of arising, of dependent origination in everything. Or in Mahayana Buddhism, there are teachers that say the Buddha is everywhere, even in filthy things like feces. They say that he, there's Buddhas even in, in dog feces. Now this is something that you would never hear said in Theravada Buddhism. But that Mahayana teacher was talking about dependent origination. <coughs> you can see the Buddha even in feces because there's, there is dependent origination. So the Buddha the real Buddha can be found anywhere. In Thai, we have a saying, every pore of our skin. This means everywhere. So in Thai, we would say you can find Paticca Samupada in every pore of your skin. This is the same as saying in every cell of your body. So it's not so difficult to discover dependent origination because it can be found everywhere. If you have the right kind of understanding, then you'll see dependent origination in everything outside us as well as inside us. And then we'll know the, the genuine Buddha, the, the Dhamma Buddha. But it's most important to see the Buddha to see dependent origination inside ourselves because inside is where our problems are. Inside is where we're making the problems. So inside is where we must see dependent origination if we're going to solve our problems. 
people who can't see dependent origination will think it sounds pretty strange that you can find the Buddha in every pore of your skin. But those who know dependent origination will realize that this is totally ordinary and natural. There's nothing strange about it to see dependent origination, to see the Buddha in every pore of every cell of our body. The Dhamma Buddha makes a person into the personal Buddha or a human Buddha. Through the human Buddha, or the Dhamma Buddha is eternal, has no beginning or and no end. The human Buddhas, however, are arise temporarily in the world. They're born and they die, and they occur in different times, places, and ages. The Dhamma Buddha is, has no time, no place, is eternal and infinite. But the human Buddhas are limited, they're in specific times and places. Anyone, any person, any human being who sees the Dhamma Buddha, that person becomes a human Buddha. This means anyone who can truly sees dependent origination, who penetrates this thoroughly with their own wisdom, that person becomes a Buddha. Next, let's talk about the third kind of Buddha, the representative Buddha. By these, we mean all the different material objects that are used to represent the Buddha. They can be stupas or jetis, which we have around the Buddhist world. They can be these statues carved or made out of bronze in various different forms to represent the Buddha. Or they can be the little amulets people wear around their necks. They can be more symbolic, such as Bodhi trees and so on. In many cases, these representative Buddhas are really quite low, and people rep take them. People's way of practicing towards these re representative Buddhas is quite low and common. The worst form is just idolatry, where people worship these things as idols. Something that's However, what's, what's better, what's more useful, is to take them to be symbols. <clears throat> if we take all these representative Buddhas to be symbols, we can use them to help see, see through and beyond the symbol. And this can help us to find the genuine Buddha. But it seems that in most cases this doesn't happen that the symbol becomes debased and degraded into nothing but an idol. And this is quite harmful for people, or at least is very limiting. People get stuck in these representative Buddhas which become nothing more than idols. Those of you who are Christians or from a Christian background will be able to understand this in Christian terms. There's the ultimate God, the eternal God, who sent Jesus Christ. That means that through knowing the ultimate God, this person called Jesus 
became a personal God or became the human God. And then there is the symbol of the cross, which is used to represent the personal God. So in Christianity, they have these same three levels. There's the ultimate God who is beyond time and space. There's the personal historical God named Jesus within time and space. And then there's the material symbol of that living person, which is the cross. And now what happens for most people is the symbol of the cross blocks people from, keeps people, prevents people from knowing Jesus. And then Jesus prevents people, obstructs people from knowing the ultimate God. This is the same as happens in Buddhism. So one has to to penetrate the cross, to go through the cross to get to Jesus. And then one must penetrate Jesus, must go through and beyond Jesus to get to the, the true God, the ultimate God. This is how this is the same in Buddhism. We must penetrate the, the representative Buddhas, the pictures, the statues, and come to the personal Buddha. But then we shouldn't get stuck there. We must penetrate and go through these, the personal historical Buddha and come to the real Buddha, the ultimate Buddha. So our practice and understanding must develop through these, these different levels. At first, maybe we're attracted to a representative Buddha, to a picture or a statue, and maybe somehow it catches our attention and gets our interest. But if we just get stuck there just worshiping this image, it may become nothing but idolatry. So we must go beyond this and come to get to know the historical Buddha, the personal Buddha, who this person was, how they lived, what they taught. And if we get to, can get to know this personal or the human Buddha who was born at a certain time and then died, or passed into Parinibbana, then we can come to understanding, to knowing, to experiencing the, the real Buddha. The human Buddha doesn't last. The human Buddha is impermanent, temporary. He was born and then lived for 80 years and died. And that's, that's all. But this, this special human being knew the ultimate law of nature. He came to fully realize the ultimate law of nature. And so we honor him as a human Buddha. But we must go beyond this human Buddha to the law itself, to the real God or the, the real Buddha. The real Buddha is not that person who knew the law, but is the person but is the law itself. The true Buddha, the essential Buddha, the core Buddha, the heart of Buddha, is not the person, is not anything material, is not even mind, but is the, the law, the eternal law of, of nature. This is what our practice must lead to. We may begin with some representative Buddha, but we go through that 
and through the human Buddha in order to come to the Dhamma Buddha, the eternal Buddha. Next we ought to ask, of these three kinds of Buddha, which one can we have with us? Which of these three can we keep with us all the time? Which Buddha can we have with us in our own, in our own hearts always? If you think it might, the representative Buddha, the statues, the amulets, the pictures, the, the jadis, stupas, bodhi trees, and so on, there's no way you can get that into your heart. There's just no way you can put that inside yourself. And the human Buddha, the personal Buddha, who was used to be Prince Siddhartha, he lived to over 2,500 years ago and has parinibbana long, long ago. But the, the Dhamma Buddha, the ultimate Buddha, this one you can find in your own heart. Not only can you bring it into your heart, it's already there. The real Buddha has already been in our hearts, it always has been. It's only through our own stupidity that we don't know this. In fact, the real Buddha has always been here. It's just because, of, because we're stupid that we don't realize this. So it's about time that we started to study this and to overcome our stupidity, to wise up and find this Buddha that is already within us, that always has been and always will. It's about time we saw this for ourselves. The only way to do this is to study dependent origination, to study it, to train it, to understand it thoroughly until we realize that the Buddha has always been here and always will. The word putta or Buddha means the knowing one, the one who knows, means the awakened one, the one who has woken up from being asleep, and the blossomed one, the, the life that has blossomed into fullness, coolness, and perfection. This is the meaning of Buddha, the knowing, awakened, blossomed one. But Buddha or Putta also means that which makes, makes that person know, that which makes them wake up, that which makes them blossom. This is also the Buddha. So this is the meaning of Buddha. It can be the one who knows is awake and is blossomed, and it's also that which makes us know, makes us awaken, and makes us blossom. And so please study dependent origination. Study it until you know it. And once, as you know it, then put it into practice take your understanding of dependent origination and live according to it. And then in this way, you'll become one who knows. This will wake you up and your life will blossom into fullness and coolness. This principle, once you understand it correctly, can be applied to Christianity in all respects. 
Our first problem is that we, we don't know or understand dependent origination. Then our second difficulty is that even though we may know it, we don't have the ability to practice it. We can't control our minds, and so Paticca Samupada keeps flowing and flowing. We can't control this mental stream, and so it keeps erupting. So this is why we must also practice anapanasati in order to develop the ability to practice according to our understanding of Paticca Samupada to govern the mind, to master the mind in order to live correctly according to the understanding of Paticca Samupada. This is why it's necessary to have both of these together, to just intellectually or theoretically study dependent origination isn't enough. We also need to train our minds so we can actually practice it. If we can practice anapanasati, then we will be able to understand all aspects of dependent origination and we'll be able to practice it in all of these, these aspects. By practicing anapanasati, we'll be able to go through and beyond the representative Buddha. We'll be able to go through and beyond the human Buddha and we'll come to thoroughly understand and awaken to the Dhamma Buddha. In, in this way, we'll, have, we'll be able to accomplish everything that needs to be done in Buddhism. We'll have fulfilled all the requirements and all the practice of <coughs> Buddhism in this way. So please strive and do your best to to get to know the, the genuine Buddha. If you were to try and know all about ordinary Buddhism, this maybe could, would be beyond your abilities, but it's really not worth your trouble. Many people come to Thailand and they look at the temples and the glittering tiles and all the Buddha images and think that Buddhism is really thriving in Thailand. But this is only to look at a kind of materialism, and it really doesn't say much about Buddhism itself. We need to go beyond all this material level of things, and even go beyond the, the personal Buddha, and to come to the genuine Buddha that will, that will free our lives from all, from all dukkha. This is not something that is beyond our abilities. People are always trying to make excuses and claim that it's beyond them. But this is all just a matter of understanding the natural law that is already within us. All the tools we need are here. All we have to do is just start to put them into practice and to use them. Most people prefer to make excuses and not, and not bother. But there's not one of us here who isn't able to meet the genuine Buddha. It's just a matter if we're willing to try and put the effort into developing our own potential, our own abilities. Each of us is capable of, of knowing the eternal Buddha, the real Buddha, 
the Dhamma Buddha. So please, please do so. Please don't waste the opportunity you've had of being born a human being and being introduced to, to Buddhism. A lot of people come talking about, and they're, they're quite seriously talking about having seen Buddhism in Burma, Buddhism in Sri Lanka, Buddhism in Thailand, Buddhism in India. They talk about seeing Buddhism in all these places, but the fact is they've never seen Buddhism. All they've seen are the, the skin or the covering or superficial Buddhism. So just study dependent origination, just this, and you'll, you'll get to the real guts of Buddhism. You'll get to the heart of the Buddha. It's all you have to do is to understand dependent origination. Finally, we must admit that in 10 days, it's not enough to really understand this completely. It's necessary for you to continue studying this, to continue studying and trying to practice, to study Paticca Samupada and to develop your practice of Anapanasati. When you leave here, you'll have to be able to find ways to study and practice this everywhere you go and in everything you do. Wherever you go, please learn to live there or to live that life in a way that allows you to study and practice correctly. If you can't do that, or if you can't find places where you can study and practice this, then you can come back here and we'll, we'll continue working on it here. But whether you stay here or go somewhere else, if you need to be able to continue studying this, until you understand it fully and to continue practicing. In fact, it's not so difficult as people like to make it out. In fact, it's much more difficult to have gone to the moon. But human beings have gone to the moon and we're sending out satellites all, all through the universe and doing all kinds of things that are much more difficult than understanding dependent origination. It's just a matter of what we're really interested in. Most people are far more interested in going to the moon or in other things, other superficial material things. But in fact, if we're really interested, it's not that difficult to understand dependent origination. So may you all study dependent origination and practice anapanasati until you're able to to solve all problems in life. May everyone practice until there are no problems left in your life, until you have removed all self that is the cause and the victim of all problems. Through under this understanding in practice we'll give up all illusions of self, and then our lives will be totally free of problems. If we speak in a more science, somewhat scientific or scientific way, we can say that our lives will be above all influence of positive 
and negative. All positiveness and negativeness will have no more influence over us. When our lives are like this, can you imagine what, what freedom that will be? So, the final goal of Buddhism is to be above, to be beyond the positive and the negative, to beyond, be beyond and free of all duality. These are the things that stir up all problems in our lives because the mind falls into taking things as positive and negative, into attaching things to things as positive and negative. This stirs up all our desires, all our defilements, all ego and selfishness. When the mind is beyond giving meaning to things as positive and negative, then the mind is free and there, there are no more problems, there is peace then the mind will be totally beyond all sadness and gladness. Our mind will be free. Nothing can trap it or twist it or play tricks on it ever again. Take a good look at this and see if this isn't worth, worth having, if it isn't worth living in this way, being a life that is totally free. Please look in a really honest, in sincere way with complete justice and see what gladness is really like, see what sadness is really like. Nobody, if you really look at them and see them and what they do, then you'll see what it, the benefits of being free. You'll see the superiority of being truly free to be independent from all, from all this gladness and sadness. Last of all, we'd like to thank you for being good and patient listeners. We hope that, that you are able to find the, that thing in life which all human beings should get. We hope that you can find the highest freedom in peace, which is available to all of us if we really want it. May you all be successful and find true peace in your lives. And so this, this will wrap up today's talk.